All right, we're Biblical Sexuality, Lesson 4. We are calling this lesson Sexual Sins and Sexual Crimes. And this is very critical. Uh, we are living in a day where everybody thinks uh, what love is, is you not getting in the way of me and my pleasure. But a lot of what people fly a flag for today, and a lot of what our politicians and even our academia herald and praise, the Bible considers a crime worthy of death. And it isn't just the one or two you're thinking about. If you got born again after college, you probably did something in college the Old Testament would have killed you for. Just so you understand where we're coming from. All right, so we have a lot to cover. I am definitely a hardcore Old Testament guy. The law does not make us righteous, but it certainly has built civilizations. After God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, he brought them to Mount Sinai to meet with them, and he gave them his law. God's covenant with Abraham made his descendants, the Hebrews, his special people. However, their obedience to his law ratified their part of his covenant. We can apply that to the New Testament because the New Testament tells us as much. God gave them his law. He said, you're my people, here's my law. Their obedience to the law said, we agree and we want to be your people. We apply that to us by saying, if we don't walk according to the Bible's laws, we're not God's people. We don't keep the New Testament, we're not God's people. You don't get to call yourself a Christian if you don't live like Christ. And Christ gave us the word of God, Old and New Testaments. And I understand there are things we leave on the old side of the cross, and there are things we bring to the new side of the cross. Everybody has a different way they do that. But we understand that what makes us Christians is we live according to the Bible. If you don't aim and strive with all of your being to live according to the Bible, you are not God's people. I don't care who you prayed with at the age of nine. So in the Old Testament, they declared, yes, we want to be your people by keeping the law. Their obedience to the law was their way of accepting the terms and conditions of the Old Covenant. By obeying the law, they proclaimed their desire to be God's people. The same goes for us today. By obeying the 1,050 New Testament commandments, which is 400 more than the Old Testament, we declare to God, we want to be your people. If you don't want to be God's people, it's real easy. Just don't obey the word. But if you claim I'm one of God's people, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, we better see you obeying the word of God. To reject God's law was to reject God. But the law also had promises. So let's look at some of these promises in Deuteronomy chapter 6. God said, in the future, when your sons ask you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him... We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. What's up with all these laws? We owe it to God because he redeemed us from slavery. I like what my pastor says. We don't work to be born again. We work because we are born again. We don't serve to get saved. We serve because we are saved. And we can't ever pay Jesus Christ back for our salvation, but we ought to try. Just to show him our thankfulness. Just to show him our gratitude. We ought to be like the grateful leper who God did so much for that we have to stop and run back and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But also, not only uh, do we do it because God delivered us, we do it because we might prosper and be kept alive. 
So if you want to watch a culture degenerating into poverty, look for a culture that's rejected the law of God. Anywhere in this nation you see degeneration, you see a rejection of the culture of God. The law of God allows for a people, a culture, and a society to prosper and live. Deuteronomy 4 says, Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. I like that. Obey the word, and you're going to be smarty pants. Obey the word, and you'll boost your IQ. And you'll be smart in the eyes of everybody around you. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, the heathen will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. It almost sounds like America up until about 20 years ago. Everybody looked up to us, but we were the Christian nation. We're still considered that by many. Though our academics, our media, our leftists, and our progressive theologians are trying to ruin that reputation with every, they breathe and live to make sure we're not the Christian nation anymore. For what great nation has a God near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we called on him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today? This is Moses, part of it's God speaking, then Moses begins to talk, and he makes the observation, this law of God, the law of Moses, will exalt us among the nations. It will make us intelligent and wise. It will cause people to want to come to us, and it will make sure God always stays near. So I'm building all this because we're about to look at what the law contains concerning sexuality. Because everything, or everything these two passages have referred to also includes sexual laws. You don't get to have sex with anything you want to have sex with. And love is not love. Even the Greek has three different words for love. Most of what the world operates on is eros or erotic love. If I'm horny and you'll stay still long enough, I'll get it on. And that's vile and animalistic. When your culture lives like animals, your culture gets to live like animals. When you have to exalt and blow a trumpet to proclaim your sexuality, when that's how you identify yourself, when that's all there is to you, you're nothing more than an animalistic act. And I was born a heterosexual, raised a heterosexual, married as a heterosexual, enjoy being heterosexual, but I don't wear it on my badge. I don't do TikTok challenges and have to tell you about it. It's not who I am. It's part of my makeup. My life is way more than what I have sex with. How shallow an existence when you believe everything about you has to be paraded on a badge with a new pronoun and a flag. It's a shallow existence. That's all you think about. It's an idol. God's laws instill wisdom and intelligence. They make for a wise and prudent people. 
Obeying them allows God to be near to his people. Blatantly violating God's statutes causes him to remove his presence from a people. Anywhere there's a high infidelity rate, there'll be demons. Anywhere there's a high uh, fatherless rate, there'll be demons and poverty. Anywhere there's baby mamas, there'll be poverty and demons. Anywhere there'll be uh, an increase in crime because anytime you start breaking the law of God on sexuality, God's presence departs and darkness and demonism moves in. Sexual laws. The law of Moses provided for capital punishment, the sentence in the case of 27 sins in total. Under the law of Moses, you could be executed for 27 crimes. Twelve of them were sexual. Twelve of them were sexual. Apart from the more apparent crimes such as murder, the Torah commanded the execution of any person guilty of any one of 12 sexual crimes. Such extreme statutes were designed to protect the sanctity and beauty of God-ordained sexuality. We shall call the violations of God's sex laws crimes and not sins. So when you start going to the frat party, there's a lot of crime going on there. It may be legal in our statute and code of laws, but it's a crime in the eyes of God. All crimes are sin, but not all sins are crime. Uh, because these, we call them crimes because these acts were worthy of death under the old covenant. Now, before you guys and some of your little woke doctrine starts getting all phobic, phobic, your faith pastor is going phobic, I'm giving you the Bible. Amen. I remind you, this is the text, the Bible that built civilizations. Amen. The rainbow flag has built nothing but parades Amen. and clubs. That's all they built. So if we were to remove God from the equation and just look at historicity and the advancement of culture, modernity, civilization, the rainbow spectrum contributes nothing but degradation. Maybe a little bit of entertainment. But you can train a monkey to dance and clang a cymbal, so I'm not really big on entertainment. I mean, when your whole goal in life is dance monkey, you should aim a little higher contribute something to society than being the court jester. To be fair, the law of execution required two or three witnesses before anyone could be executed, and there is no recorded instance in the Torah of any public execution for sexual crimes, not like there is working on the Sabbath. Anyone found guilty of making a false testimony would likewise be put to death. We see this in the, the gospel when the woman's caught in the very act they claim she was caught in the very act. So they're saying, we have witnesses. And so that means by law, she has to be executed. But also by law, they have to pick up the stone first because that was the law. If you're a witness against it, you, help, you get to help kill them. So you have to do the dirty work you want done. The whole reason for laws is to change the moral conscience of a people. The whole reason for execution and corporal punishment, which I am completely for, as is God, though the progressives of our day are not, it's because if you execute someone for a crime, everybody's heart fears. It says, well, note to self, don't want to do that. They kill people for that. But the Bible says when justice is deferred, sin rages. Furthermore, if Jesus Christ was against corporal punishment, I think he would have said something about it on the cross. Amen. 
However, the consequences of violating these laws reveal God's attitude towards the acts. Furthermore, these laws define the Jewish concept of sexual morality. This is important. We want to cover these 12 sex crimes because they, they show us how Jesus would have defined sexual immorality. That is very, very, very important because we have a lot of morons today. And the same, the same philosophical construct that produced critical race theory it's called uh, a critical theory, which came out of Germany and Marxism. Critical theory became critical race theory. It's now called critical theology. They're using the Lord Jesus' words and, and isolated scriptures to promote transgenderism from the word of God. They're using an exegesis or hermeneutical technique called critical theology. Same thing that built critical race theory. Same thing that built critical theory. That's why I reject anything with the word critical in it. I wholeheartedly reject critical race theory. I wholeheartedly reject critical theology. I wholeheartedly criti uh, re reject critical theory. And you have to understand the philosophical construct behind it where they use this to try to deconstruct civilization. And all that alone is also a d demonic heresy called Gnosticism where you want to tear down the old and build something new because we know better now and we can have God without God. All of this is the Garden of Eden being burped up through academia. You have to be smart enough, or at least know God enough, to recognize when a demon is teaching you in the university. So, we want to look at what the law of Moses said about sexual immorality, because when Jesus Christ condemned sexual immorality, he was thinking of all 12 of these. Because the modern argument is, well, God never touched homosexuality. Jesus never preached against it. And I think, since when are you guys theologians or even Bible students? Can you even find Noah's Ark in the Bible? All right. This is key to understanding Christ's doctrine when he preached against fornication or pornos, sexual immorality. If you're narrow-minded, you think fornication is just sex before you get married. Fornication is any sex outside of holy matrimony. Sex with your girlfriend, you'd have been killed under the old covenant for that. Sex with your boyfriend, you'd have been killed under the Old Covenant for that. Sex with a dog, you'd have been killed under the Old Covenant for that. Pornography, you'd have been killed under the Old Covenant for that. You're awfully quiet. I think you're loving the grace a lot more than you used to. Jesus' definition of sexual immorality was built upon the law of Moses, not modern sexual mores. Jesus did not have a master's in gender studies, and neither should you. It's a waste of my money. What a useless degree. He was and is the law of God. Who do you think gave the law of Moses? Jesus. Who is the word of God? Jesus. So let's see how Jesus feels about some of these crimes. Number one, adultery. Both are to be put to death. This would shut down a lot of churches today because the pastors would be dead. They'd also lose a lot of secretaries and worship leaders. I totally reject the American Christian culture of sitting down a pervert of a preacher for six months, rehabilitating them, then giving them another megachurch. I reject it. If you as a pastor have sex with a sheep, you are guilty of spiritual bestiality. You should be stoned on two counts. Yeah. 
being adulterer, being a bestiality-minded pervert. It takes so long and so much work and so much devotion to obtain ministry and be entrusted by God to be put into full-time ministry that tend to fall from that to less than paganism, you have totally defrocked yourself for the rest of your life. You can go be a good door greeter, but you'll never be trusted with God's sheep again. How do we know you don't have that twinkle in your eye for the rear end of another sheep? Any pastor that has sex with a sheep is a pervert because you, you fell into that demonism by standing, while standing in the holy pulpit. So what kind of demons was that pervert yielding to? Letting that pretty girl catch his eye and then start to daydream about it and then turn his mind off towards his wife and turn his mind on towards her. And, and, then, and then it's one thing to have those thoughts and then to begin to move in and then seduce her and then keep it a secret because they never fess up themselves. They always get busted, either through a church video camera or a Facebook or Instagram or somebody catching them. I wholeheartedly reject any Christian notion that you can reform and redeem to the ministry a pastor who's had sex with one of his sheep. They're forever done with full-time ministry. You'd be a fool to try to redeem them. They're not going to hell. At that point, I don't believe. But you can't trust them with God's people again. Adultery is still condemned in the New Testament. We put scripture there in case you just doubted my ability to build a doctrine. Intercourse with one's stepmom. Both are to be put to death because he has uncovered his father's nakedness. You don't have sex with your stepmom. You might be tempted because she might be just a few years older than you. And he remarries. So now you have a stepmom. Both are to be executed. Number three, intercourse with one's daughter-in-law. Both are to be put to death because they have wrought confusion. Well, intercourse with the stepmom is also condemned in the New Testament, actually earned a demonic death sentence in Corinth. Paul at that point said, this isn't even named among the heathen. And here the church at Corinth had somebody doing it. So number three, intercourse with one's daughter-in-law, having sex with your son's wife, which sounds pretty heinous, but I know of a pastor here in the U.S. that did the exact thing. Heinous, demonic. What happened was his wife died of cancer, but while his wife was dying of cancer, his son was stationed in Iraq. So he brought the wife into the home to care for his daughter-in-law and then had an affair. His wife's dying of cancer, but his son's wife is a lot prettier and they're just being under the same roof. He ended up marrying his daughter-in-law. Now, lest you think this is some weird cult, this was faith circle people. And last time I checked, that pastor is actually in jail now for embezzlement. So he was a pervert in many, many facets. Now, some moron will try to take that man, rehabilitate him, and put him back in the ministry again. I would also furthermore add that because of a state law that was passed a year or two ago, it is now illegal for a pastor to have consensual sex with a congregation member because it's a power dynamic. It's illegal for me to have sex with one of you. It's illegal for a therapist to have sex with a patient. It's illegal for a teacher, a professor to have sex with a student because of the leadership role there. So, so how are you going to be rehabilitated when you're serving 
18 months in the state pen. Once you get out, we'll give you another church in our denomination because, you know, you built a mega church with that charisma. He also built a mega harem. So maybe we should look for more than just personality. We should look for integrity, maybe anointing. You don't need anointing to draw a crowd. Usually the anointing will thin the herd. So any preacher bragging on the size of their church should really ask, is this charisma or anointing? Jesus demonstrated you start to build a crowd, preach the right sermon, you can thin it real quick. And any pastor that hasn't thinned his herd in a while, I wonder what you're preaching. Intercourse with one's daughter-in-law. Both are to be put to death because they have wrought confusion. Homosexuality. Both are to be put to death because it is an abomination. This one earns the, the moniker abomination. Hear me. Homosexuality is an abomination. That means in the Hebrew, it makes God want to vomit. Does God hate homosexuals? No. But the act is abominable. Even the parts aren't designed to work the way they're worked. The parts aren't designed. We won't be any more graphic than we need to be, but the rectum is not designed for that heavy action. Now, a woman might prolapse her uterus giving birth to her fifth child, but that's a watermelon coming out of a lemon. But homosexuals regularly prolapse a couple feet of intestine because it's not designed to take that heavy beating. And the other thing they won't mention is most very sexually active homosexual men have to wear diapers because they can't regulate defecation. Nobody talks about this. We just want to talk about how beautiful it is and have a pride night and, you know, put a rainbow on the hockey jersey for pride night. Meanwhile, in the stands, people are wearing BDS and M gear to the family pride night. Nobody looks at the, the biology of this. I'm sure the Lord says, you know what? That gay sex smells like feces. It's an abomination. Ugh. Homosexuality is still condemned in the New Testament. Number five, marrying mother and daughter. All three shall be burned with fire because it is wickedness. So marrying a mother and her daughter, the Lord condemns this. With the others you're stoned for, this one you're burned for. Number six, bestiality. Both man and beast shall die. Number seven, female bestiality. Both woman and beast shall die. This is actually picking up more and more speed in our nation. Uh, someone was just sharing with me, there was a went viral, some lady on TikTok or Instagram was bragging that, about how she'd been with more animals than men now and didn't understand a problem. This was an American woman, probably a white woman. I didn't see the video. White women think this way, not you guys. She said, I don't understand the problem or why it's looked down upon. But she also bragged, I've been with more animals than men now. Brother Sumrall had a vision of this in the 1950s in the Philippines. 
The last thing he saw coming upon America after homosexuality was normalized and gay marriage was normalized, he saw this in the 50s in Manila, Philippines. He said he saw um, bestiality becoming normal and regular in the States. Both woman and beast shall die. Right now, you're just arrested for cruelty to animals. Intercourse with an ant. Both shall die because they have uncovered the nakedness of a near kin. So you don't have sex with your aunt. Promiscuity by a priest's daughter. She shall die by fire. This puts a high, high, high burden of responsibility on the preacher to raise his daughters to be clean and holy. The priest ultimately is not held responsible. The daughter who sleeps around when she's caught, she'll be burned alive. But it's also a testimony to how the priest failed in his private life. And everybody would have witnessed the execution. And though the priest wasn't punished, he was punished. I can't imagine having to watch your grown daughter burn at a fire, knowing you probably should have spent more time with her. You're awfully quiet this morning. We just skimmed over homosexuality. You thought that would be the bulk of this. I know a lot of pastors in the land would be still depressed because their daughters were floozies. That should also be a word to all of you. We, we don't let boys touch our hootie. Get a hold of yourself. Get a walk with God. The only reason you let a boy touch your boobs and your hoodies is because you're insecure. If you had a walk with God, you could cure that. I'm sorry you've got daddy issues. The bigger issue is you have a father in heaven issue because you don't walk with them. We have to be fair. We can't just preach against homosexuality while we have loose women in our church. Both are sexual sins worthy of death. So lest that be called homophobic, how about floozy-phobic? Really, it's pretty retarded to use the term phobic because I'm not afraid of anybody. And I don't hate anybody. I just hate sin. Promiscuity while living under your father's roof. It is an outrage. She shall be stoned in her father's doorway. So your daughter is sleeping around or making out or heavy petting in your home. She dies in your front door. This is the Old Testament. Thank God for grace. But it also paints the picture of how God views the sanctity of holy matrimony. This is why Hebrews can say the marriage bed is undefiled. Only the marriage bed. One man, one woman till death do them part. Promiscuity while living under your father's roof. It's an outrage. She shall be stoned in her father's doorway. Unfaithfulness during engagement. Both guilty parties shall die. I actually dealt with that in this church. A couple was engaged and she was sleeping with a co-worker. Spirit filled. I don't know what spirit anymore. <laughs> her fiance still married her. I had to put her to the curb. Rape. I wholeheartedly believe this one should be active today. The man is to be stoned. There's a lot of argument right now that we should have abortion for the case of rape. I would be open for a discussion if we could murder the rapist. 
But because that's off the table, so is aborting the baby. I really think in every case of rape, we should execute the rapist. Do you know what a signal that would send to our fraternities and our bars and our business executives? Just execute them. Problem solved. You know how we used to regulate horse thieves 150 years ago in this country? We'd hang them at the county square. And it was a picnic affair. And kids came and watched a man hang till his boots quit kicking. And that boy said, note to self, we're never going to steal a horse. What'd you do today, Billy? Watch the man die. What'd he die for? Stealing a horse. What do you think you're going to do with your life? I don't know, but guarantee I'm never going to steal a horse. I'll walk. (laughs) When there's no punishment for sin, sin thrives like a cancer. The New Testament collectively calls all of the above behavior pornos. Where we get our term pornography. The pornography that you guys can access with your smartphones today includes most of that right there. Bestiality, rape, homosexuality, threesomes, uh, incest porn is a new thing apparently. Everything God Almighty condemned with executions is now available and it's called pornography. The pornography of my childhood was just naked women. Not so anymore. The word pornos is translated as either fornicator or whoremonger in the King James Bible. Any sexual activity outside of holy matrimony is fornication. So anything apart from marriage, you probably would have been executed for in the days of Moses. And God's standard has not changed. Only grace has increased. Like Corinthians says, such were some of you. Hopefully it's still a were. Our next lesson will cover marital relations and sexual purity, but that's not this lesson. Sexual sins worthy of other judgments. Not every sin of a sexual nature was condemned to death. Some were punished by excommunication. Again, two or three witnesses were required to adjudicate such a sentence. So incest, even a brother, half-brother, half-sister, if they were caught having sex, they were excommunicated. They were kicked out of the, the nation. Get out of here. Go away. Leave the borders. You're not even allowed to live in our nation anymore. Intercourse during menstruation. He has revealed the fountain of her blood. Both shall be excommunicated. So the, this one becomes debatable because now medicine tells us that a woman is typically more uh, amorous during her menstruation because of increased hormones. There are a lot of blood laws that the, my best interpretation is they were designed to teach Israel to respect the blood. You didn't eat things strangled or you didn't eat things poured. Uh, you couldn't even eat things that had blood poured over them. You had to drain the blood. Whereas, you know, us today, if we get a juicy steak, it's full of blood. So my best interpretation of this is that this was a law designed to teach a value for the blood because of the coming Messiah. Because my other question is ask, you know, so what if she doesn't realize she has started her menstruation? Do you go rat yourself out? You have to have two or three witnesses. All right. I just want to include it because I don't want to exclude anything related to sexuality. Intercourse with one's uncle's wife, they shall, be, shall die childless. That curses whatever relationship you were in. Marrying one's sister-in-law, they shall die childless. This begins to remove sexuality away from the family and make sure you look beyond your own genetic pool so you don't end up looking like folks on the plateau. 
And I don't joke. When I came to tech, I saw folks that looked like they were out of deliverance. I went to classes with people. I thought, so that's what inbraiding looks like. You despise my holy things and violate my Sabbath days of rest. Men sleep with their fathers' wives and have intercourse with women who are menstruating. Within your walls live men who commit adultery with their neighbors' wives, who defile their daughter-in-law, and who rape their own sisters. That was going on in Jerusalem. Well, we don't understand why you're enslaving us, God. Ezekiel said, I'll tell you why. In this single passage, Ezekiel exposes the gross immorality of Israel's elite revealing another reason why God judged the nation and destroyed that generation. That's a lot of sexual deviancy. Meanwhile, the Bible, the whole of the Bible says, rejoice with the wife of your youth. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Rejoice. Stick with her. Sexual abominations. Homosexuality is an abomination to God. Leviticus explained that, that sins such as homosexuality and bestiality defile a land, causing it to vomit out its inhabitants. Israel was able to inherit Canaan because its inhabitants had defiled the land with gross sexual perversion. This is a doctrine we don't quite understand, that the land itself, the earth itself, can be so perverted by sin, it begins to consume its own inhabitants. It's a doctrine I don't think we, many folks scratch at because it's so supernatural and so spooky sounding. But it's said over and over again. Even God said, the, the, the ground cries out. Your brother's blood cries out. The earth cries out. Romans says, all of creation groans, awaiting. And here we see, abominable sins pervert a land, and it makes the land want to vomit out those that are perverting it. Cross-dressers are an abomination to God, Deuteronomy 22.5. Now, it's interesting because the verbiage says it's not the act that is abominable. The person who does the act becomes an abomination. The person that performs the act becomes an abomination to God. Cross-dressing is an abomination. We're not talking about your wife wearing your T-shirt or your football jersey when you're out of town on business. We're not talking about, oh, the house is on fire and all you could do was find granny's slippers to go rescue the cat. You know? We know what cross-dressing is. And from culture to culture, there's a stark line between how men dress and how women dress. You know, only within the last two or three hundred years, four hundred years, have pants become an invention. Pantaloons, which were skirts tucked into boots, then became pants. Before that, everybody wore what we'd call like a skirt. The Romans wore skirts. The Lord Jesus wore a robe. The Spartans wore skirts. That was nothing feminine about it. Every culture has had its stark difference between men's clothing and women's clothing. The wages of, female, of male, what the King James calls a dog, and female prostitutes are an abomination to God. So there's some of the woke progressive theologians want to say that sex work is, is biblical. God says even the money they make is an abomination to me. But the Bible calls a male prostitute a dog. The Bible is abundantly clear on what is normal sexual behavior and what is abhorrent in the eyes of God. Any land or culture that embraces such perversion will inevitably decay. Think about a region that embraces fornication, just bed hopping, bed swapping. It's a cursed neighborhood. It's a cursed village. It's a cursed region. 
Think about San Francisco. It's a cursed city. So much potential. Used to be a great city, but now if you were to visit there, it's covered in human feces and needles. Homelessness has overrun the population, but they embrace such gross immorality. In the eyes of the sexual elite, the sexual progressive, San Francisco's the cool kid in high school and everybody wants to be like it. But all you have to do is remove the popular sexual TikTok trends and look at what it produces in the city and say, I don't want none of that. Not worth it to me. Any land or culture that embraces such perversion will inevitably decay. decay. Below is a government form from the city of San Francisco for a guaranteed income program for transgender people. This form shines light on the mental delusion of the last days we are appointed to live in. So we have this up for you. I'm going to read it to you. So this is the Lion Martin Community Health. This is only about a month old or so. Guaranteed income for trans people or gift. It's a program application. City of San Francisco will give you up to $1,200 per month for up to 18 months if you qualify. So now we're talking about socialism, giving a guaranteed income, but you have to be trans to qualify, which I think is discrimination. And I think it's interesting you have to have a photo ID, but not to vote. Because, you know, if you have to require photo ID for voting, that's racist. But what does it matter? What if my photo ID is before I was transitioned and I look like Bob, but today I'm Betty? How about I just steal one? So got a bunch of forms there. I'm jumping down to page two. Going to jump to page three. Um, they want proof of income, proof of residence. They want to know what neighborhood you live in in San Francisco. And then page four is where it gets fun. Page four, demographics. There we go. I don't know if you guys can read that. Maybe zoom in just a little bit. So demographics, trans status, check all that apply. Transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, intersex, or none of the above. So I guess all these could apply, or just one, or just none of the above. So from the first multiple choice option, we're enforcing confusion. You're not even sure if you're trans. Maybe you're non-binary trans. Maybe you're gender non-conforming. But if you're gender non-conforming, then you can't be transgender because transgender means you're going from one binary to the other binary. Pronouns. Check all that apply. <laughs> she, her, hers. He, him, his. They, them, theirs. It felt like I'm learning uh, prepositional phrases. <laughs> Above, aboard, about, against, after, you know, whatever. Like, I missed something. They, there, this. It, it's, it's. Co, co, Cuz, Z, Zim, Zis, Zer, Here, Hers, Zim, Zim, Zers, A, M, Ears, A, M, Ears, Per, Per, Pers, Fe, Fair, Fairs, E, Ear, Ears, Te, Ter, Ters. You can't laugh, that's transphobic. Honest to God, people, somebody got their PhD in this hogwash, and I'm probably paying for it. And this is a legitimate, bureaucratic form. Now, last week, my wife had to go see her OBGYN. She had to do this online application, and they asked for some of this. She said, what does this even mean? I don't even know which one to check. I said, honey, you go tell Dr. So-and-so, who we know. I said, you tell him. Sir, you've been looking in my hootie hole for 12 years. 
You've delivered two of my kids, see me through an ectopic pregnancy. If you don't know what in God's name I am, you're in the wrong line of business. But now to give them the benefit of the doubt, because most of those folks are believers and he's a believer, he does mission work. I'm sure it's some kind of Title VI hogwash and they've probably been bought out and now somebody woke has purchased them. But I said, well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just assume they're wanting to know what percentage of their clientele are mentally deranged. <laughs> and maybe they need to go in there because some guy has gone the full route. He's totally presenting as a woman and he's wanting a pap smear. And they need to know in advance that before they put him back in the stirrups and lift that little gown, that they don't shove that thing in the tater hole. There's a lawsuit. Was a lawsuit in the UK when a transgender woman sued because the doctor would not give her a pap smear. It's like, well, you don't have a vagina. You have a butthole and the remnants of a scrotum. What am I smearing? There's nothing to scrape here. It makes me, I mean, I'm vibrating right now under the anger of God. Because now in our society, if we don't agree with this, so they just made this crap up five years ago. We're called transphobes in old school and we're basically Neanderthals. No pronouns, just a name. Just call me Bob. Actually, some of the pronouns are just very neutral names like Zyler. Okay, Zyler, I'm sure mama didn't name you that. She was smarter than that, but whatever. Not listed. So apparently there's some pronouns that are not listed because we can just make stuff up now. If anybody asks you your pronouns, I would recommend you telling them, I'm sorry, I don't do TikTok challenges. <laughs> Gender identity, because that's different than pronouns. Check all that apply. Cisgender woman, woman. Transgender woman, woman of trans experience. Woman with a history of gender transition. Transfeminine, feminine of center. Now, thankfully, Hannah went and looked up a lot of these for me because you have to be educated with Newspeak or have a genders studies master's. And you know, the folks that are fluent in this look at us and say, what are you, why are you so ignorant? Feminine of center means you're LGBTQ that is more feminine than not. MTF, male to female, trans from male to female. Demigirl feels partially like a woman and non-binary. T-girl is a trans woman, which I don't know why that isn't a transgender woman, but trans girl, sister girl, that's an Australian aborigine. Cisgender man, man, transgender man, man of trans experience, man with a history of gender transition. Transmasculine, masculine of center, FTM, a female to male. Demi-boy, not completely masculine is what that means. T-boy, goes out of the way to show off masculinity. Trans guy, brother boy, that's an Australian term. Trans, transgender, I feel like we already covered that. Transsexual, non-binary, gender queer. Agender, xenogender, femme, femi, that is a lesbian who is feminine. Butch, so it's a technical term we can use without being called transphobes. LG, a boy is LGBTQ, person of color, acts like a boy. So a boy is actually like a black trans. Stud. Well, I guess I should be getting some free money. Because that's how my wife identifies me all the time. And I'm starting to believe her. Aggressive. Don't even know what that is. Androgyne or androgynous. Tomboy. 
gender outlaw. Pew, pew. <laughs> Even finding humor in this is considered transphobia. God help us. Gender nonconforming. Gender variant. Gender fluid. Gender F-U-C-K. This is a person who tries to subvert gender norms. These, some of these people will, will make up half their face like a woman and half their face like a man. The reason you have to give them a, a guaranteed income is because nobody's going to order a coffee from Two-Face. You can't even get a job at a bookstore looking like that. So these people, because this is just who the real them is, the authentic self, which the seeker friendlies promote, seek authentic self, they need help getting a job. I don't know why we wouldn't roll that money into therapy. By gender, multigender, pangender, gender creative, gender expansive, third gender, neutral. Uh, it's a neutral gender, omnigender, polygender, gray gender, ambivalent towards one's gender, gray gender, intergender, maverick, novigender, two spirit. Then we have a whole bunch of words that would totally lose a Scrabble game. Maverick, gender outside the binary. Novi gender is gender difficult to describe. Two-spirit, Native American who acts opposite their gender role. Hijira, Southeast and Asian. Uh, Kathui is a Thai transgender. Uh, a Mux is a Oaxaca trans man. Uh, uh, Zenith is an Omari. Uh, X gender is unidentified. MTX male to unidentified. FTX is female to unidentified. Bakla is a Filipino trans man. Mahu, Hawaiian trans man. A good look charm in the tribes. Uh, the Fa'afaini is Samoan, Warari is Indonesian, um, Ashtim is Ethiopian, Mashoga, Swahili, Mangaiko is African, trans it was created about 2019, so apparently somebody with a transgender study went over there to Africa somewhere and managed to not be macheted to death and promoted this. Um, some of this Angolan, Venezuelan, Mojave, Mojave, Zuni, Navajo, Navajo, Lakota Indian, Siberian, Maori. This is always, these tribal indigenous terms are always promoted by the trans society or the trans population to say, see, this has been around forever. Only the Western civilization is behind the times. And I'm, I'm thankful that Hannah looked up where all these come from because I would say, all right, these guys have had these in their culture and they were all still living in the Stone Age up until 200 years ago. They hadn't even scratched the Bronze Age yet. Well, how do you know they were living in the Stone Age? Because that's how they sacrificed their children, was with flint knives. Some of these, you know, they were so cosmopolitan, they'd at least cut the virgin's heart out before they threw her in the volcano to appease the volcano gods. That's how cosmopolitan and advanced those cultures were. We Western Civ people, we're so behind the times. Forgive us for inventing chemistry. <laughs> Astronomy, mathematics, theodolites, and global ocean navigation. Forgive us for inventing windmills and chimneys and sail ships that weren't dug out of canoes. Forgive us for advancing beyond a flint knife and a bow and arrow in deerskin clothing. <laughs> Let's finish this up. You could check questioning. I don't use labels. Decline, not listed. Sex assigned at birth. 
sexual orientation because we haven't even touched sexual orientation yet. Aromantic, asexual, BDSM, kink, bisexual, demisexual, dyke, faggot, gay, lesbian, non-monogamous, pansexual, polyamorous, queer, same gender loving, scoliosexual, that means attracted to those who identify as non-binary. Heterosexual straight, so you can be gay or heterosexual straight, but also be trans. Trans for trans, T4T, don't know, not listed. Are you Latin, Latinx, or Hispanic? They have begun taking out any one of the vowels that masculinate or gender eyes Latin. They haven't touched German yet because the whole German language is gender, der, das, and D. You know, with Hispanics or Spanish, you have Latino, Latina, and then all your words are feminine or masculine. So they're purposely subverting the Spanish language to remove genders, though they still acknowledge a non-binary or a binary or a trans, by definition, goes from one binary to the other binary. So the confusion, the hypocrisy, I mean, if it weren't for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards. But you check enough of these boxes, you can ring up $1,200 a month tax-free. This is a delusion. This is a demon. Let me be very clear. I do not condemn these people for their suffering, for their confusion. These people hurt. These people are demonized. I would love to see an honest-to-goodness research project where we can find out how many of these have been sexually assaulted, sexually abused, raped, pimped. I would love to see what the childhood looks like if anybody would have the kahunis, or at least identify that you have some to do the research. But it won't be done because it won't fit the narrative. Because the narrative is, if you feel this way, let's dope you up and cut stuff off. What the narrative ought to be is, if you feel this way, let's get you some therapy. Let's talk about what happened between you and your dad when you were six. Let's talk about that neighbor man and what he did to you with a broom handle. This won't be talked about because it doesn't fit the demonic, woke agenda. Which best describes your race? Now, how come this is set in stone, but genitalia and gender is not? Indigenous, American Indian, Native American, specific group, indigenous from Mexico, the Caribbean, Central, and so it goes on. Uh, I wonder if I could identify as a black woman. And why is that racially offensive to some people? But I'm supposed to accept that somebody can identify as a woman or a man. We're not calling for the hatred, the harm, or the violence against any people. But everything we just read on this list would have been executed in the desert of Sinai. But then again, a lot of what you and I have done in here in our past would have also been executed in the desert of Sinai. And to add some of what some of you are still doing, you would be executed in the desert of Sinai under the law of Moses. I just want us to be real clear on what biblical sexuality is. God designed it to work like Legos. Put your little peg in the slot, make a baby and go on. All this is a demon but God promised that any society, any culture that walked away from him, he would deliver them to a strong delusion. And that's exactly what this is. 
tax money for those. I would almost say tax money. The more money for the more delusional person. The more off the norm you are, the more money you can get. So now we are rewarding confusion. And you always get more of what you reward. So may God help us.